Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. (laughs) Mrs. Bub, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle. Especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? (laughs) No, I have not had it in the can. Then I sat closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Uh, Good evening, everybody. Live from the Great American Beer Festival. It's day two, and, uh, you know, it's sold out, as all the sessions are at the GABF. It's been a hell of a time. There's a lot of good beer out there. And I got to drink a lot more of it today, yeah. so I'm, I'm feeling like a better broadcaster. And a boy. <laughs> Your yeah. eyes are looking a little more glazed over, so you, I think you're in the zone. Uh, that's the opium. Oh. But the beer's been doing really <laughs> well, too. So uh, I'm happy to be here. Sitting next to me is the lovely uh, Beverly, otherwise known as Bevo, Beaver, Hi. Beavis. Uh, Call you, me Beaver. All that's sorts terrible. of things. Beavers. Uh, Beaver's my favorite one. I know. Uh, the lovely JP right. next to Bevo. Uh, welcome back to the show. You can call me Beaver. Uh, JP actually has a, a beer report for us today. I do. In other words, something valuable to contribute to the show. Highbrow and news. exciting. Yeah, well, you know, once in uh, three years, I try to do a pretty good job. Appreciate that out of you. Thank you. And back in action, it seems like it's been so long, Sean Sully O'Sullivan. Hey. Hey, welcome back, it man. It feels great to be back. I haven't been uh, behind a microphone in a long time. I don't know where you've been, even. I've been here and there. I actually did a little thing on the stage and a cooking thing with Bruce yesterday. It was great. You yeah. did. You've so, been yeah. talking uh, watermelon, wheat, and cooking and things like and beer and cans and all that. You know, it's a great little side story. We didn't have watermelon, wheat, in cans or the IPA until today. But you were supposed to. We yeah, it, all, it was a huge fuck up, uh, screw up, and uh, <laughs> we uh, yeah, and it was uh, it's all. I threw a lot of money at the situation, uh-huh. as you have to do sometimes yeah. to fix it. I put people in the air with cans of beer, and we flew them out here, and that was it. 
So you flew out enough cans yeah. of 218 to we, pour here. Yeah, we've flown out about uh, 10 cases of each beer. No kidding. Yeah, at a, at a cost of $35,000 million. Wow. Yeah. You guys are doing really well yeah. these days. Now, after that, we're not doing very well at all. <laughs> you you so blew your wad on the GABF. This is it. I'm going to you know, ask to clean the, the rat pad or something like that just to get some <laughs> a side job. You can do that. So. All right. I want to welcome everybody here on the floor. We are the Brewing Network, and we do these kinds of things from all the festivals that we can. Uh, we love the Great American Beer Festival. It's our second year broadcasting live from here. Yeah. Folks at home, uh, maybe they want to hear a little bit of noise. You guys having a little fun out there? Anybody having fun, JBF? All right. Yeah. We've got a webcam here, so they're getting to see some of the action going on. I think they're seeing your computer in the 200 category. That's pretty much all the action to be (laughs) had in this area. The beer's that way, folks. So uh, We just talk about beer. We do it every week, and happy to be here doing it. Sully, I heard uh, some rumors about you. Which ones? Well, I heard that last night uh, you were drunk dialing everybody you could. (laughs) You probably don't even remember if you were in that kind of form that I heard you were in. I was in good form. I don't remember the phone conversation, (laughs) which is why they probably call it drunk dialing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can I see your phone log, and we'll figure out how many of these uh, calls you made at 2 a.m.? You're not getting close to my my phone log. All right, so what we're here to do today is to talk about, uh, of course, the beers of the GABF. Yes. And JP's going to help us do that. And also just kind of bring as much of the festival home to our listeners as we possibly can. Exactly. Have a little fun. We've got some other brewers to interview. And by other brewers, I mean people who brew beer. Oh, (laughs) well, thanks for clarifying. (laughs) You know, I got got one observation that just uh, occurred to me walking through the the hall here. Uh, there's a, this, play, this is sold out. Every single session is sold out. It's unbelievable. Well, first of all, when you walk in, there's people scalping tickets. Like, which is weird. It's, it's weird a beer thing festival. Yeah. There's, there's guys, you know, the whole thing, like, want, I got neat tickets and selling tickets. It's the same guy. And they're sitting there. They're, like, one guy's doing it, and the other guy's buying it. And it's like, why don't you guys just get together? You know, it's like exactly. that whole thing. It doesn't make any sense. They're just rotating tickets. Well, it's a scam, obviously. One the guy th- says, I got front row seats, which is ridiculous. It's a haul. It's, it's <laughs> you walk. I bought those tickets, actually. I'm still waiting, looking for my seats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing, I get into the hall and I'm walking around and this place is packed and the, there's great beers and all that. But have you noticed this? A lot of hot women out there. Yeah. No, I can't have it at all. No, what are you talking about? Well, that's fine. Just, uh, just quit looking at the ground. JP's <laughs> shoe camera noticed, <laughs> yeah. but uh, he didn't notice himself. No, I'll but, notice later on. But it is like night and day. You walk through the hall, you see very attractive women showing a lot of skin, and then you immediately walk into the biggest gas cloud. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's amazing. All of a sudden, you're like... And you're standing there, and you, you, you feel like you're going to pass out. Beer festivals are disgusting like that, I have to say, especially, you know, several day-long beer festivals. So yeah. a lot of the people that are here, they were also here yesterday drinking beer, and then they were drinking beer all day. And then they come into the festival here, and they spread their... Oh, dude. And so here's a tr- I'm gonna t- there's a <laughs> trick to the, to the bad smells of the beer festival. How do you get around that? It's and I just learned this last week actually. I learned it at Oktoberfest you because learn- <laughs> you have the same problem there. You have 2000 people in a tent right. and they've all got gas. You learn to enjoy it like I do, right? That's not the trick. That's not what you're going to say. It's not the trick. Oh, right. You you bury your nose in the glass. As no, soon as you feel it coming on, and, and it doesn't look weird because everyone here is doing that anyway. You're trying to smell the, yeah. the beer. Right. So you just as soon as you as you just get that little just a little uh, you, 
You go right to you it. You bury your nose in the glass. I'm telling you, it works. You'd rather smell, even if it's an empty right. beer glass, than what's going on. So my festival tip to you. I wish we would have had a glass about 15 minutes ago. Yeah, back here it got pretty oh, bad, it was too. terrible. <laughs> I, I think that was me, Bebo. <laughs> I don't know who it was. I mean, it's only Justin and I behind here, but I like to my bl- God. I like to blame that whole thing on the fact we're a mile up in the air. Yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, we're in the crowd here. We're not in the studio, so we got to be kind of t- toning it down a little bit. But the stuff that is coming out of my body, I mean, <laughs> good God. I mean, I, I mean, it is like. Uh, and you think it's the altitude? It's not your diet and the beer. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it happens every time I come here. I but every time I come here, it's a GBF. So maybe you're right. I eat a lot of cheese. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, it, I it a lot. All right, all right. Listen, we got to talk beer and not the not the after effects of beer. All right, if we can. Oh, and Beverly went out on a mission for us today. I did. Uh, as you know, uh, there's a, a lot of different beers being poured here, and some of them by the major beer companies. Big breweries out there. Who are major sponsors of this event. So, you'll notice that I have to be very nice. <laughs> and they, there's a beer out. Uh, it's, a, it's an American ale. It's Budweiser American I've ale. I've heard of that beer, yeah. And Bevo, she said, I just, I have to try it. I don't know why. I'm, I'm compelled to try it. I want to know if, if it's, is it different than the regular beer? Is it different than what you find uh, on the shelves all over the country? And so, she was brave. And she said, Brave. I'm, I'm going to go check it. And, and you did. I felt a little guilty about it, to be perfectly honest. Because you're a craft beer girl. That's right. And you're an IPA girl. That's right. But you went for the American Ale. I did. Give us your report. Okay. Be nice. <laughs> because I'm always nice. people are listening who pay a lot of money to be I here. understand that. There are banners right and, there. And, and, I know, I and those people that. aren't us. <laughs> yeah. um, my personal idea of um, Budweiser is that all of their beers have a very similar taste and there's not too much... Um, <laughs> Okay. Difference about, you know. And how did this one measure up? You know, it lived up to my standards. It had a little bit of a different twinge, but for the most part, I could have drank a good old regular Budweiser and had the same beer. Okay. So you weren't too satisfied. I wasn't. I haven't tried it, and I. There's just so many beers I want to try here that I missed it. But you didn't, Beverly. I didn't. And I'm glad that you came back to report on that. No problem. <laughs> I think I'm going to go try it. I don't think we learned anything in this segment. No, not, no, at, no. All. not at all. Well, we learned that it's up to her standards, which sound pretty low. Uh, Sam. You know, I took Justin oh, on a... She did marry Sam. Yeah. yeah. should have bet you. I took Justin on a, a beer hunt earlier, and it was not successful either. So. No, really I don't really trust really Beverly's palate. So if sort of this really is a good disclaimer. It, her should, palate's pretty bad. You should yeah. try it on your own. She just dragged me across the whole floor to try um, couldn't even find a, it. a Flanders Red, which is a... I love the beer style. That right. style is just a... a it's fantastic. It's the fantastic. first one I've it's ever had. And she drags us all. She couldn't find it. It's right over here. It's right over here. It's in a booth with red backdrop. I don't know. <laughs> it's got a table she with people She didn't even pouring. know the name. It's a big hall. So finally we find it as a 20-minute jaunt, uh, which is why we're late on the broadcast today. <laughs> it's the worst beer I've ever had. It's terrible. <laughs> I spit it out and the guy who poured it to me's face. I actually <laughs> took mine and put it in Bebo's glass. And I drank it because I enjoyed it. it. You really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was like but licking you know a I've, cardboard okay, box. I've never had uh, that a Flanders style red. before. Well, you still haven't. So. Well. <laughs> You've okay. still never had that style before. You should hunt some of them and find some name better any ones. names, but I'm just saying. No, I was going to say that, but try some but, other ones. Yeah. <laughs> try some other Flanders, and, okay. and you'll know what I'm talking about. All right. The other part we're going to learn here, and this is more for the folks at home, because uh, kind of the big deal about us being at the GABF is we get to bring it home to folks who aren't so lucky as we are. JP went around the floor today. I did. And tasted (laughs) several beers. I did. You look like it, too. Thank you. 
And you, I, I think, picked out five for us that are worthy yeah. of mention. I did. I All did, right. as a matter of fact. You so did. talk to us about the beers that you found, JP. Uh, well, the first one, uh, you know, you were talking, I think, about Blue Moon yesterday. Yeah. And uh, my friend had called me. He's like, hey, you know, what's a good pumpkin ale I can find around here? And I said, well, I think Blue Moon has one, but I've never had it. Okay. So I went to their booth, the Blue Moon Harvest Ale. Okay. So is that's a fresh hop beer then? No, it's a pumpkin ale. Just but yeah, the Harvest har- Moon, I think, is what it's called. Okay. So, you know, the Harvest, Fall, October. Just pumpkin. Okay. Yeah, it's just pumpkin. It was actually pretty good. It was kind of middle of the road. So, you know, if, if anyone's looking for, like, a pumpkin ale or, you know, that you don't want to... Because some spice. pumpkin ales can be a lot of overblown on spice. It's hard to do. And it doesn't taste awful. like a beer if they yeah, put too right? much spice. Yeah, it tastes like a pumpkin pie, which, you know, whatever. That's fine. Um, it was pretty good. Okay. i got to say it was pretty good. That's the second time we've mentioned Blue Moon in our broadcast because yesterday we talked about their peanut butter beer. Yes. Which was also good. I, I liked it. it. Yeah. But I didn't want to get it because I figured, you know, why talk about it. But uh, I like the Harvest Ale. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. And before we go on to the other ones, overall, I mean, how do you think the beers are stacking up at the GABF this year? I mean, you had a bunch of them, so. You know, i got to say they're pretty good. Okay. I've, had, I've had some bad beers in the past. Um, but it seems like uh, beers are improving All right. overall. They totally or I'm are. just really lucky. I don't know. You think so, too, Sully? Yeah, I just got off judging for three days. Oh, that's right. Um, and, and you so also judged last year. Two years ago I did. Okay. They, they let me go for a year because of this pantsing incident. <laughs> Which they don't like to talk about yeah. anymore. No. Uh, no, it was, it's, uh, the, the beers out there are phenomenal. I mean, uh, the, even like the first flight of beers you get, the first round, yeah. you, know, you think you'd have a lot of clunkers. Maybe you get one, maybe two. Uh, beers are top-notch. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're not defective, and then you have to sit there and kind of pick them apart and figure out how they fit into the style category you're judging. Who did and, the best. And who did the best. And it's just an amazing experience. It really is, uh, not to get sidetracked uh, on what you're talking about, JP, but We'll not? get back to um, JP. It's just a phenomenal uh, thing to do and see what's going on out there and how beers are holding up and how, how, how great they are, kind of like what you found today. And what styles did you judge this week? I can't actually tell you that. No, no. I uh, I judged uh, Hefeweizen uh-huh. all the way. Did a metal round um, yesterday. I did a uh, I did oak and uh, oak and barrel aged beers. Okay. A metal round on that, and then uh, today I started off with amber lagers. <laughs> ah. And uh, finished up with uh, what was it? Uh, Guz and Lambics. Oh, that's man. A great it was a great finish. way. That was you know it was amazing. It was like. Uh, to end the day at 11.30, having drinking those beers, was, yeah. it was awesome. But I woke up, like, literally, it's the funniest thing in the world to be a judge. I woke up at 8.30 this morning, and I was judging American Amber's loggers at 9. Oh. Like, literally, like, out of bed. Yeah. You've been drunk all week. No, no. This one smells like toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> this one smells like, never mind. <laughs> all right, JP, what else is on yeah. your list? Uh, so then I headed over to Nodding Head. And oh, I want to yeah. try to find beers that I've never had before. You know what I mean? Breweries I've always heard about. I had their Berliner Weiss. Okay. And I love a Berliner Weiss. It was kind of, it was more like, um, had more like a champagne quality to it. It's kind of like plum notes. Um, not super sour, but Berliner Weiss really, you know, not necessarily are super sour. But it was a good beer. Would you say it was true to the style if you had a Berliner Weiss in Germany? The, I've never had it. But the uh, ones that I've had out here... Um, yes, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Okay. Um, also, I, I had it right after a sour beer, so I might have been thrown off a little bit. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, it was a good beer. Okay. Yeah, it was a good beer. What else you got? Uh, then I went over to Great Divide, another brewery. Uh, I think they're Colorado, right? Maybe not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, In town, actually. Oh. Um, I've never had any of their beers. Really? None of them. Okay. I don't know why, because I suck. So what'd you have? <laughs> I had a beer called the Samurai. What You'll never that? guess what it's brewed with. 
Rice. Rice. Hey! We yeah. did guess, though. You Look thought we wouldn't, and we did. Well, yeah, you said Rice. You like did, Be- too. Like Bevo, my standards are real low. <laughs> Look at how annoyed Bevo is with this program so yeah. far. Yeah. You, you think I have now. a Sam mask on right now? <laughs> All right, so tell me. Um, so, Brood with Rice, no, I'm skeptical. it's just your face. Oh. Ouch. Right, good comeback. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, they, they brewed it with uh, Rice Flakes. Okay. And it was tasty. Really? I, I didn't kind of know what to expect. I figured, you know what? Uh, F it. I'm what try. kind of beer is it? It's like a light, uh, like a like a light lager almost. All right. You know what I mean? I couldn't really talk to the guy too much, but it was kind of spicy. Had a little spicy thing going on. Okay. Uh, it was unfiltered. Um, it kind of tasted like a malty sake almost. It was really good. Okay. I was wow. really impressed with it. I'll have to try that one. Of the ones you you've mentioned so far, I think that's one I really got to go It's try. really interesting. That's what I was looking for. Interesting beers yeah. that you're not going to get anywhere else. Okay. You know what I mean? What else? Uh, then I went to Cambridge House. I went there, too. You did? Yeah. I had their alt beer. Okay. That was, it was awesome. It, it, was, it was bitter, a little bitter, uh, good malt to it. All right. Great finish. I thought it was fantastic. I have tried eight alts this week. Every time, I, if yeah. I go to a table and I see an alt beer, I try it because I think Well, you just a, got back from Germany. Just right? got back from Germany, okay. and, and they're largely unavailable, and I think it's a tough style to do because it's tough. really subtle. It has some balance. Of the eight I tried, two of them were good. And it wasn't the Cambridge that you're talking have about. Have you tried the Cambridge? I've not oil? tried it, no. It's, ta- it's really good. So I'll have to go yeah, there and try that it's one. It's really too. good. All right. And the last the last brewery I went to, uh, just you know, just for the hell of it, Michelob. Mi- Michelob. All right. I Long lines Michelob. at Michelob today. Long lines and now I know why. So I, I go up there and I try the Dunkelweitz. I figured, you know what, let's try a hard style that not many people do. Yeah. From a brewery that you don't expect a whole lot out of. Okay. And Phenomenal. Really? Really. A good Dunkelweitz. It Dunkel was really good. It was kind of clovey, uh, kind of spicy, nice malt character to it, okay. great color. It was awesome. Really? And then I was talking to the brewer, Nathaniel, I think his name is. Uh, we interviewed Nathaniel last year, I think. No, we interviewed uh, fl- started with an F, another guy. <laughs> Okay. It was the German, the German the dude, F the guy. German guy. Right. Yeah. All right, go on. Anyway, um, and he's like, yeah, you know, we were talking and blah, blah, kind of shooting shit. And he goes, you know what you need to try? The Michelob lager, like the standard Michelob. Okay. It's great. So you tried it. And I liked it. And when's the last time you had a Michelob? I've never had a Michelob. I see. Hey, JP, can you hold on a second? The, the check that's made out to you for Michelob just yeah. fell on the ground here. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> oh, we just gained a big sponsor, JP. Good work. It was it was great. He's like, yeah, we kind of bumped it up a little bit, and it's kind of more like riding the Hellas style. It was good. This might explain the long lines at the Michelob booth this wow. week. Go, go to Michelob. <laughs> check it out. I'm serious. Well, I so wasn't. Was I. See, I think that these breweries can make fantastic beers. It's just off, it's not often that you see such a variety. So I will say that walking by the Michelob booth and seeing, I think there's eight different beers on those chalkboards. Yeah. Dunkelweitz is on there. There's a honey lager. There's all these different things. So that's what beer. I was su- surprised about. All right, I'm going to the Michelob. That's yeah. three that you've convinced me to try of all your right. five, that sounds JP. Good. I'm so that's do the not same bad. Thing. Good job. I'm all taking right. a nap now. So those are just a couple of things you can find here on the festival floor, and I encourage you to go check them out. If you're at home, uh, I'm sorry we've just made you jealous about good beers, but we (laughs) promised we'd bring back just a little bit of information. When we come back, I've got to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Nebraska Brewing Company, who uh, is an interesting story. Last year, they were at the GABF, and they were not a brewing company. This year, they are. Hmm. So we'll find out uh, how that took place, if maybe they were home brewers. And uh, maybe, JP, it was some advice that you gave on some past show that sparked the interest to become Nebraska. I would like to think so. I would like but to probably think not. So. But, but probably, probably I'm just saying maybe. Bevo? Give them a little hope.
It's the Brewing Network live from the GABF, and uh, it's day two. We got one more day to go. The awards coming to you tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back with a couple brewers and some more good fun. Hang in. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Labs yeast? WLP 001, Cal Ale, baby. 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale. Cal Common, WLP 810. It's gonna be WLP 400 with beer. I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer... All right, welcome back to the program. It's the Brewing Network live from the Great American Beer Festival. We're right here on the festival floor in in the front. They put us next to the front door this time, and uh, I think we must have done a good job last year, JP. Yeah, maybe they like us. It's kind of fun to be up here. It'd be great. Uh, Last year we were in the corner, and it was fun because we got to do whatever we wanted, but nobody was there. (laughs) And so this year we got a lot of people hanging out, and, and that's cool to do. Yeah. Uh, what we like to do as much as possible when we come to the JABF is interview as many brewers as we can, get people that we haven't spoken to before. Uh, it's kind of tough being on the West Coast. There's breweries all over the country that we never get to yeah. talk to. It's super tough. Yeah. 
So Nebraska Brewing Company uh, comes up to the table yesterday and introduces themselves, very nice people, and start to talk to me about the story. And I thought this is really a good Brewing Network-style story. This is uh, something that the listeners, I think, will appreciate. So we're here, with, uh, we're here with Paul and Kim from Nebraska Brewing Company. And, of course, you can go to NebraskaBrewingCo.com and check it out right now at home if you want to do that and get a little information yourselves. Welcome to the show, you two. Thanks for having us, guys. Really appreciate it. And... You told me to start this off that last year you came to the JBF, but you didn't have a brewery. You weren't a brewer then. Last year we showed up. We were uh, we were a brewery and planning. We were getting pretty close to the finish line, and uh, we'd hoped to have some beers in the in the show, but we didn't. Okay. We showed up with you guys and uh, through your business card, and at least asked us, you know, asked you guys to mention us, and, and we walked up yesterday. Chad remembered us, which just floored me. Which really? Is, yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. Our Chad. Absolutely. Yes, yours. This guy, guy right, right here? That guy right there. Wow. He does have he's a brain. Like, he's looking at us going, who? Chat's good at a couple things. So remembering names apparently is one of them. It's good. Yeah, now he's good at two things. He's good <laughs> at two things. It's good to have a skill. Yeah. So you were homebrewers, I imagine? About 17 years. You know, and, and it's one of those things. Kim and I used to come to the GABF. I think we started in 95. Okay. This is our fifth year, first year as a brewery. And, you know, as you walk the floor as a home brewer. You always get that twinkle in your eye, and, and you think, someday I'm going to be on the other side of that table. Yeah. And frankly, it, it, the reality of it is it probably just doesn't happen. But, you know, it did for us, and, and it's amazing. You know, when the bagpipes started playing yesterday, <laughs> yeah. you just got that cold chill, and you're like, damn it, we made it. Yeah. He you, loves the bagpipes. You cried like a little girl, didn't you? <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> We've made it, honey. Now, when you're walking around, the, you know, the past five years, you're walking around the festival floor, you're trying these beers. Are, are you thinking that your homebrew, like, saying, my, my beer measures up to this, I can do this? Well, I think for the first few times at the GABF, no, I thought, God, I'm in sad shape. You know, okay. It's, it's going to take a few years. And, and, frankly, I think that's what put us over the edge was finally, you know, when we compared our own uh, beers against some that we were having, we thought, well, we, we can do this, and we can do it pretty well. All right. And, and that's, uh, that's what drove us forward. Okay. And what were you brewing on as a home brewer when these beers started to become good? Tell me just a little bit about your homebrew equipment. You know, I think, frankly, when they, when they started to turn the corner, it was still a modified keg system, cut the top out. Yeah. Uh, um, made enough noise for the neighbors to drive you out of the neighborhood, but sure, um, they they turned the corner on that, and then I bought a, a Sabco system. And I, I think I actually traded a motorcycle and hocked part of everything really? I own, and, <laughs> and uh, my wife stuck by it. And, and when she was able to taste the beer, and it, it worked for her, I think it was a good deal. Drank a lot of beer over the years, some good, some not so good. Really? Now, do you did you feel comfortable telling? your husband whether or not this beer was good as he's making homebrew and he gives you this beer he's so proud of did you tell him no that's shit sweetheart no, not much of it was shit though okay i mean most of it was pretty good so right. yeah but i you know i would always give feedback whether it was good or but not much of it was shit okay and and what inspired you what kind of beers inspire you to make uh, uh, the beers that you do like for me i love sour beers i wish that i could brew a wonderful sour beer if i was going to start a brewery that would be my inspiration what about you you know we're barrel aging now but that wasn't the inspiration of the drive you, you know I, I found commercial examples that i thought were pretty cool and uh, sierra nevada was one that i thought was neat and, and of course now we've got an apa that uh, kind of passed sierra nevada a few years back so okay. it's, it's a little bit bigger a little bit hoppier uh, IPAs, you know, I, I, I get into the bigger a, beers, and, and when I'm we open the doors, okay. we, we hooked nice. up with a couple other brewers in the area. One, one was a home brewer, just just did everything he could to hang around with us, and, and finally, right before we opened the doors, we picked him up as an assistant. He's way beyond assistant level now. And, oh, that's and cool. The other gentleman we picked up was uh, an Omaha brewer for, geez, he's got 28-plus years, I think, under his belt. And, uh, you know, you put three brewers together that all have their own beer or, or uh, uh, beer portfolio. You put that together, you can make a lot of good beers, and 
we've got a program where we brew on a pilot system, all of our pilot brews we offer them to the public. We've been open now just uh, 10, 10.5 months, and, and we brew 28 different beers. Really? And we have not had a dumper yet, and, and we're quite proud of that. That's impressive. How many barrel system did you start with? What's your brewery? It's a 10-barrel system. And, it's 10 barrels. And, of course, the first batch that we brewed was, was a nightmare. You know, we got this great used system out of Japan. It's a checkmate system. We didn't know what the hell we were doing with it. it, it but, but I'll tell you what. But it, it turns out well. It, really? Yes. It came. Every, every part was labeled. And every every uh, part in was Japanese bubble wrapped. Was yeah, it would, but it was in Japanese, and there was no cheat sheet. And uh, so we, we got to putting it together. And, and when it was together, we looked at this thing and thought, wow, we can do incredible things with this. But we didn't know how to do it. So the first batch um, was a red ale. And, and frankly, we thought we were going to dump it. But each uh, step along the way, we compensated. And at the end of the day, I remember Dean, our other brewer, Dropped a hydrometer into it and said, uh, looks like beer, let's try to sell it. We can okay. sell it. <laughs> and it was extremely popular. So, really? Yeah, we've gone forward from there. Congratulations, guys. It's really am- What were your day jobs before you got into the brewing thing? I was, I, was home. I was a project manager for many years, and Paul had a very nice, cushy, very good job that we gave, we risked everything we ever worked for to do this, but we're yes. having a great time. Wow. As, but you didn't. You just didn't enjoy your work, I because you didn't get into brewing for money. I hope. No, no, not really. And, <laughs> not uh, even a little. I don't yeah. know when that day is going to be, but you know, <laughs> it, it was the passion for the beer, and, and uh, I was in IT. And, you know, it's funny how many people that were into computers and IT in general find their way into beer. Right. And, uh, yeah, I've got some telecommunications patents out there, but the beer was it. Yeah, this is, this is a do-what-you-love, love-what-you-do business, that's for sure. And now you both do it full-time also? Do. You do? We do. Okay. And if I may, and just briefly, because I'm sure there's a, there's a lot to it, but how do you make that jump? Where do you find the money to start a brewery? What do, you, do you just go begging all your friends and family? How do you do this? Well, well, for us, it was, uh, you know, I spent a lot of years in IT, and, and you know, to an extent, that, that pays a little bit. Okay. And, and then, of course, you, you begin to lobby the banks, and, and you do everything you can. You talk to every uh, commercial entity that you can get your hands on. And uh, finally, Kim here stumbled into a, a new uh, a shopping center development that was in town. And, of course, they provide some of the leasehold improvements. And, okay. Um, Eventually, it all begins to come together. But for us, it, it was a, a commitment where we thought, you know, if, if we don't quit the day jobs, we're going to be doing this thing an hour a week, and we're never going to get there. And, and so we, we made a commitment well ahead of everything else, and, and we just uh, we quit and, and decided to concentrate on this brew pub, and we were, we were lucky enough to pull it off. We, we were actually at lunch one day, and he said, I'm going to quit today. And I said, "Wow, today, today, as he's getting his cell phone out <laughs> of his pocket. I said, right now? <laughs> like, now? Yeah. I'm going to do it now. I pray, I swear so, to God. He so did. He called his boss on the phone and wow. said, we need, to, it was the, we need to talk. Oh. <laughs> so you broke up. With your company, yeah, exactly. you did. Yes. Wow, good for you. So, from planning, and then now you've been open ten and a half months. You say, right. is there ever a moment that you go, ah, oh, shit, what did we do? Every day, really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there I was like, really? Those damn yeah. days. Yeah. I wanted to see the look on his face. I mean, really, any scary moments where you just go, ah, what did we do? Uh, did, did we do the right thing? You know, I, I think it's going to take, you know, the three-year mark before you get past those those scary moments. And, and frankly, maybe it's because I was in IT. You plan so far ahead. You know, you're always looking over the horizon, and, and you're wondering how to get beyond that. And uh, I, But I think that's a good thing, too, because you're always looking ahead. You're always looking against yeah. those things that can impede your progress. And uh, the beer is going over extremely well. We're a brew pub, but we also distribute beer. And at ten and a half months, we're uh, we're in. Uh, we passed a hundred outside locations, but 
of the 100, I think we've got about 90 that are active. You know, wow. you, you get the guys that treat you as a novelty, and, and or they don't care for the beer. Um, but to have that many active is, is a good sign. Right. There's yeah. not a lot of money in distribution. You know, but, it, but it's, that's a lot of beer. It's our form of marketing too. You know, you can, you can reach people that can't get to the brew pub. Okay. Well, I can see why you guys are successful. You're very well spoken and you're very passionate about it. I can tell. So I, I wish you continued success. It's a good story. So I'm glad you came on to talk to us about it. Well, thanks for having us, JP. Yeah, you absolutely. Get back and try our beers. I will. You too, Justin. I will. It wasn't in your list, you know. I know. I I noticed that. I was standing right there. We weren't on your list. And and we got a Hefeweizen that'll blow you away. (laughs) All right. K28. It's Nebraska Brewing Company. You can go to nebraskabrewingco.com and uh, check out the beers. And do you distribute outside of Nebraska yet? Just we we get into Iowa a little bit because Iowa, uh, the city's kind of straddled the river there. So we've reached that far. Yeah. So we've got the middle of the state as well. Well, I'm hoping for big things from you guys. I appreciate you sitting down with us. Thank you very much. I got to take another quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be talking to a brewery, another great story, a brewery out of Lebanon. I know it's the Great American Beer Festival, but here's another home brewer, listener of the Brewing Network. I believe he brewed his first batch when he was being bombed. So stick around. We'll be back in just a couple minutes for the story of the new brewery from Lebanon. We'll be right back. It's the Brewing Network from the GABF. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. What's good for the earth, good for your body, and great for your brew? Organic ingredients. This holiday season, the organic ingredient experts Seven Bridges Co-op in awesome Santa Cruz, California, offers you the gift that keeps on giving to our planet. Sustainable, fair-wage ingredients to make the best organic homebrew you've ever had. There's a growing demand for organic products, and your choice to brew with them supports organic farmers worldwide. Brew organic, and you'll brew excellent beer that is free from chemical residues and genetically modified organisms, and you'll help contribute to a better world. If you're looking for organic ingredients, Seven Bridges offers a huge selection of USDA-certified kits and raw ingredients from 8 ounces to 50-pound sacks of grain, whole and pellet hops, and all the equipment you need. Seven Bridges, the organic homebrew expert since 1997. Visit www.breworganic.com.
Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the More Beer Deal of the Day at morebeer.com. Celebrity Voices Impersonated. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Welcome back. It's the Brewing Network live from the Great American Beer Festival. We're here right on the floor and having a good time, getting some beers poured for us, so that's yeah, nice. Are. Good thing about doing radio sometimes is people deliver you beer, and uh, that makes it fun. The good thing about Schumann is sometimes he does that too. Sometimes Schumann does a thing or two, just like Chad. Between Schumann and Chad, they've got three things done this week. <laughs> yeah, they make one halfway the smart person. Decent, decent person. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing that's happened here is we, we've got a lot of really great guests today, which I appreciate. And uh, we're about to talk to Mazin right now, who is a brewery in Lebanon. Is it 961 is the, is the name of the brewery? 961, like the country code. Uh, that's what it, so that's your country code? The telephone code, yeah. I see. Everybody knows that in America, I'm sure. Obviously. How to call Lebanon. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where you got your name from. I like the name, 961 Beer, and you're, are you the only craft brewery in Lebanon? Or We're the only craft brewery in the Arab world, actually. In the Arab world? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Everyone else is an industrial brewer. Well, there's not that many breweries. There's more vineyards than breweries, but yeah, we're the only craft brewery in the whole of the Arab world. And how did you get into brewing then? I mean, did you like craft beer? As a, how did you even find it? I kind of hated the beer that was there. That's okay. where it all started <laughs> off. So, you know, the only solution back then was to homebrew. All right. And from homebrewing, it went one notch up, and we ended up being a brewery. How did you even find out about homebrewing? Oh, Jesus, that was, that, that was completely difficult. I mean, you know, nobody's ever brewed in the Arab world except, well, kind of bootleg stuff in the, in the Gulf. Okay. But it's not public knowledge, so no one really knows how to brew. So I read a lot and used a lot of podcasts, including yours. Really? <laughs> Forever. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Your beer must suck, man. <laughs> First few ones did. Did they really? All right. So really, that's where you got your information about how to do it? Completely. I read every book. I mean, I... 
and try and figure out what sparging is when you've never seen it done. Yeah. And that was, the, I mean, the first few batches I brewed, I remember the first batch when we were being bombed, I brewed a stout and I brewed a, a red ale, which my friend convinced me to sanitize using home alcohol. Yeah. That turned out green okay. with a nasty smell. <laughs> really? <laughs> the stout was uncarbonated because I boiled everything all together. It was a complete mess. Ah. But now we're there. We're making beer, which I think people are starting to appreciate. So you brew your first, like, on the 4th of July when there's really loud fireworks, I get, a little, I get scared. I hide in the corner sometimes. I get nervous. Yeah. You're brewing while you're being bombed. Yeah, well, well, kind of the fireworks, you hear the noise. When you're being bombed, the whole place is shaking. Yeah, and you're brewing. And you're, and you're out of electricity, and it's kind of a hot day. You take your shirt off, and you figure, what the hell, I'm going to start brewing in a kettle. And is this, like, it's normal to you? You, you don't, you feel comfortable? No, it wasn't. You see, Beirut is a great city to live in. And we've okay. had a, re- I mean, the civil war was over in 1991. Okay. We've had a really long run of having a great time. And then when our prime minister got assassinated, we had a rough patch. But now we're lovey-dovey again. I see. It's nice and safe. <laughs> the brewery <laughs> doesn't shake it. anymore. Uh, no, every, everyone loves everyone. <laughs> right. Good. <laughs> when he got assassinated, a rather rough patch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like you woke up with a bad <laughs> hair day or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Come exactly. on now. Exactly. It was. It was. It was pretty much. Uh, you wake up and well, it's going to be a shitty day or it's going to be a good day. <laughs> wow. So, but now we, we're, we're into the good. We're in the good zone. A rough patch in the U.S. is like we have a lot of protests in that particular month. Yeah. Or the or the Dow crashes. Yeah. <laughs> the Dow. That's a rough patch. Yeah. Or Al Gore comes to your town to talk about global warming. That's, <laughs> a rough that's real rough. Patch. But he leaves, and, and then you get lovey-dovey again. Well, uh, rough patch in Beirut is when, when, when planes drop 250-kilogram bombs on you. I don't know what that is in pounds. Sorry. We wow. Don't Neither do I, but it sounds <laughs> like it sucks. It, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot of yeah. bombs. <laughs> so you start this brewery then. Yeah. Well, you start home brewing, and you decide, all right, I can't buy any good commercial beer either, so I'm going to do a, a craft brewery. Well, actually, I was sitting having dinner with a Danish friend of mine, and he kind of loved the idea. And he said, I'll invest. I was the CEO of an airline. All right. One of the youngest in the world. I raised money for that. I raised a lot of money for that. And then he said, uh, let's do it. And I said, well, you know, I'm not. Don't don't, don't tempt me if you're not going to be serious. So I quit. Okay. People thought I was on drugs. Because you had a great gig. Because I had a great gig. I was being paid a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why am I brewing again? No, I mean. <laughs> yeah. You still don't know. No, I can but, tell you're still uh, guessing. No, but, uh, you know, the, the, the beer helps sober that up. Sure. Or not. Uh, so we, we went and ordered the equipment, and at that point I thought, okay, it's time to take this a bit more serious. Went to Canada, got certified as brewmaster, and then came back home and tried to put together this brand new system we got from DME. Yeah. It came in like three container fulls, 4,000 pieces, not a single engineering map to go with them. Uh, really? It was kind of me and my best friend trying to figure out how the hell this thing put, is put together. Okay. And funnily enough, our first batch that we actually brewed took 12 hours to brew because we couldn't figure out how to work the system. I'd say that's not too bad, really. I'm thinking two days. It was a red ale, which we threw away because we weren't convinced it was safe to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Thought maybe you contaminated it. No, but I mean, the great thing about that is once we got up and going, we've had a lot of great reviews about our beer. We're bottling four. We're doing an American-style pre-prohibition lager with a lot of Cascade hops in it. Okay. We're doing a red ale, which is nice and hoppy. We're doing a, a sweet stat at 7.5% alcohol with espresso uh, coffee added wow. in the fermentation. We're doing uh, a Wittbier, a Belgian-style Wittbier with coriander seed and orange peel in it. Okay. And above those, we do specialties that are only available in the bar, 
So we've done a 9% triple that has chamomile added to it. We've done a barley wine, a 12% barley wine with raisins in it. Dude. And we've done a really wow. special beer for our one-year anniversary, which was a 15% beer. It was kind of a hybrid between wine and beer. We did a 40% grape juice, white grape juice, 10% raisins, 10% wheat, and 40% barley, which we used uh, English ale yeast to ferment up to 9%. And then champagne yeast to take it up to 15. It was aged for a year. Amazing beer. Now that sounds like a really good beer. Sounds great. I want to try this beer. I know, right? What do we? I don't have to go to Lebanon to try it. Can you ship oh, me I, some? I, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to <laughs> get some right. idea. That sounds right. really good. So what I'm curious about is you're telling me about these amazing beers. Some of them are American style. Some of them are just very creative. Yeah. But you've said that before your brewery, there was nothing but industrial kind of uh, exactly. basic beers. So... Other people want these beers from you? People yeah. thought people thought we were completely off our head when we started off because our local brewery, which is owned by Heineken and brews the same style of beer as Heineken, All right. we, we, we basically have Bud, Heineken, Corona, and our local Heineken clone. Um, when, when I started off and people said, have you done market research? Well, how do you ask people about, I don't know, barley wine when they've never heard about it? Yeah. So I just went with, you know, I figured there were enough crazy people out there that wanted really good beer. And when people first came into the bar, they, they'd ask for a beer. Now people go, oh, you know what? I'm having the steak sandwich. I'll have a red ale. And I know the red ale's too bitter for me. I actually had a client come up and, and complain because we were the, the triple was off the top and she had a Miss Triple T-shirt on. Really? And these are people... So she's an expert about this beer all of a sudden. Not Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- this woman didn't even drink beer before that. Wow. Completely non, non, not a beer culture. You could have given them anything, it sounds like. You could exactly. tell them, uh, you know, this. The, here's a little grape juice. Yeah, here's this water. <laughs> it's <laughs> a clear barley it's, wine. It's an American it beer. Will it's an American beer. you up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's true, exactly. But the great thing that's, that's been very rewarding is that we've had a lot of international recognition. Okay. So we've been written up and, and mentioned in a lot of international press. So that's, that's kind of really cool. And we've had a couple of really great uh, brewers help us out. Andres Kismayer, who I think is a judge here this year. Yeah, I met at, him today. Yeah, Nürburgring from Denmark. Yeah. He, he helped us out a lot. And I've had Mike, uh, Michel Gutierrez, who used to be the ex-head brewmaster for Labatz. He runs an analysis company in Canada, okay. specializing in beer. So we've had a lot of support there. Amazing. I, I, every time I hear these stories, it blows me away. But one thing that seems consistent is even in a place where, where these kinds of beers weren't popular, uh, they become popular. Good beer, it doesn't matter if you didn't grow up with it. It doesn't matter if it's not part of your culture. Good beer, people just embrace it. Yeah, if, I mean, you know, if, if I didn't know, you know, I had this conversation, I heard there was a barley wine in Beirut. Like, no one's going to no one's gonna fucking drink that, dude. Come on. <laughs> are you kidding me? Exactly. Yeah. I like it. But it sounds like it sounds like not only are they drinking good beer, but they're being educated and they're they're embracing it. They're not just trying it as like, a, oh yeah, I'll, I'll try this. You know, why not? I probably won't like it. But it sounds like they're 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 you're embracing it. You're bringing the beer culture what's, what's, to your what's, area. Man. What's more imp- what's more impressive about our clientele is now they're all knowledgeable about serving temperatures, about hoppiness, about bittering units, about what beer goes with what food, and a lot of the, a lot of our clients run out and scream, you know, beer is the new wine. It's wow. it's not a drink that you drink at minus three degrees centigrade. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Ice cold beer on the beach. It's it's now something you savor. Great job. Good. I'm glad you're over there educating people about beer. Well, it's a, it's a cool job to do. It's 961-BEER. You can go to 961-BEER.com and check it out. If you're ever uh, going to Beirut, you know, maybe the train goes there or something, I don't know, and you want to check out some good beer, you can go to 961-BEER. 
Check out 961beer.com. This is Mazin, and uh, a BN listener turned craft beer evangelist. Yeah, yeah, not only Beirut. a brewer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, evangelist. He's an evangelist. Yeah. Thanks very much for doing the show Thanks, with us. Thanks, guys, for having me on board. I appreciate it. It's a great story. i got to take one more quick break. We're going to come back and wrap things up from the floor here. Day two of the GABF. Then we've got the awards ceremony to do tomorrow. And I don't think there's going to be another live show uh, after that. Oh, really? Oh, no, no Saturday live show. It gets real show. loud on Saturday nights, and there's a lot of good-looking people to look at instead. We'll see. All right. But we do have the award ceremony coming up. We'll be back in about uh, two minutes uh, to wrap things up for you. Hang in there. It's the BN live from the GABF. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Attention homebrew shop owners. At Fermentap, they know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless stone false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper wort chillers are the best on the market. Designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeast, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus 2 from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked! Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss! What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost! Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really, uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters Beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com and now back to the brewcasters brewcasters brewing network Welcome back. 
Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Brewing Network live from the GABF, wrapping things up here on uh, day two. It's a Friday night, and no. every session sold out, so it's crowded. It's getting a little tough to get a beer now, and uh, it's still a lot of fun. Still a lot of fun. Still a lot of hot chicks. There are a lot of And that's pretty much why it's a lot of fun. Didn't, weren't you telling me about some... There's What's this pretzel phenomena that's been going they, on? So people are selling pretzels. You know, they put like some fishing line or some twine or whatever. Yeah. And they just shove pretzels through it and you wear it like a necklace. Okay. Yeah. And I saw this one chick eating one off of another chick's neck. Oh. And I thought they were... Um, there's nothing wrong with Doing that. dirty things. It was pretty nice. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Thank God no. for pretzels. Thank God for necks. I love necks and pretzels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of weird traditions around the GABF. If you walk around the floor, you'll see groups of people dressed up as, you know, they'll, they'll, they have uniforms. Yeah. There's, like, there's this bright orange crew. They're like highway workers or something. They're from uh, uh, Bull and Bush. <laughs> That's and they, they go around every, every year. They used to have a megaphone. Oh. And they'd walk around like a beatbox. That's annoying. Yeah. Glad they don't have that this year. But they make good beer. And then you got the bagpipe crews walking around. So yeah, see, I think that's pretty badass. A lot of bagpipes going on. There's a silent disco where people have headphones on listening to music. And, yeah. And they're dancing, and you don't hear the music. No. And they all look like you dancing when you don't hear the music, <laughs> JP. So I, I do like to see. I like to see all the traditions, the people dressing up. Uh, I like to see the Durndles, like our oh, Vanna always. had earlier during the Beer Jeopardy game. Yeah. Uh, bringing that German tradition to the U.S. here at the GABF. Yeah. It's really a lot of eye candy and mouth candy. The, the beer kind. Oh, 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 so, yeah, 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 that one too. There's a lot of reasons to come to the GABF next year, and I have a prediction. And I, it's not because I'm all that bright. <laughs> uh, Someone told you this, I'm guessing. It <laughs> Actually, yeah. 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 The, the GABF grows so <laughs> much every year. It is going to sell out so fast next year. Yeah. Buy your tickets the second they go on sale. Totally. I'm telling totally. you right now. Uh, we've met people around town even this week just saying, can you get me a ticket? Do you have a ticket? Anything. Just get me a ticket. So I'm telling you that next year, as soon as they go on sale, Buy get them. here and do it. Yeah. Don't don't wait. Don't go, uh, maybe. I don't know. Just do it. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. You're going to have a lot of good beer. Some of our longtime listeners who have never been to the JBF before we've met here. Uh, Thirsty Mallard, for one, uh, was it worth the trip? It's your first time here. And he says, absolutely. Uh, and you'd, you'd come back again, or is it a one-time thing? He's already oh. planning his next year's trip. Well, I just want to announce I'm not going to be here then. <laughs> it's not, JP doesn't like Texas, man. No. And anybody from Texas. I don't know what it is. We got to meet a lot of very cool listeners. Oh, uh, there was a listener party last night. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, that was the really Brewery. great. And... Um, it's been a lot of fun meeting some yeah. cool people. Yeah, definitely. All right, we're going to wrap things up, but we're back tomorrow to broadcast live the award ceremony. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're doing video of the award ceremony. Yeah, right. So you can tune into both. You can cheer on your favorite brewers and, um, you know, just kind of generally participate even though you're not here. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. I'll post the exact time. Uh, the award ceremony, I believe, starts at 1 o'clock. So we'll probably so, start yeah. the video feed just a little earlier than that. And then you get audio and video beginning at 1 o'clock tomorrow for the entire awards ceremony. Great. And, of course, all these shows we've done from the GABF will be archived on the webpage. So you go to thebrewingnetwork.com. You can download the shows. You can subscribe to the podcast, the whole thing. So we, you don't think we're going to do a live show Saturday night? You know, we did one last year, and yeah. it was difficult. Remember how difficult it was because it yeah, was so th- loud, so much yeah. screaming, yeah. that I don't think that you can hear anything anyway. Uh, well, if we don't, are we going to at least have the webcam on? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. We'll keep the webcam People going. like that. We'll ke- I promise that we'll do the webcam, and we'll maybe do a show. Cool. All right. Cool. 
Thanks to the Brewers Association for having us here uh, yesterday and today, and look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow for the awards ceremony. For JP, sure, man. Nice work today, my friend. Hey, thanks. You know, I can say that for you too as well. Thank you. All right, we're going to drink beer. Thanks, everybody. It's the Brewing Network. We'll see you later.